Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, we're back for another round of the Penn State Blitz podcast. Greg Pickle, Bob Flounders here. Going to talk about Penn State and Pittsburgh, the 100th meeting. We got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about some of the key matchups. We're going to talk about the recruiting impact, Greg. And we got to talk. We got to go with the Penn State mailbag to close it out. Okay, Greg. Penn State Pitt. It's the 100th game. I know you're excited. Yes. It's going to be about 85 degrees. It's about 1,000 degrees today as we record. I just want to get kind of your thoughts on maybe the 100th meeting of Pitt and Penn State. The fact that it could be the last one for quite a while. So I guess a couple of questions. Um, what do you see as the future of it? And do you think it should continue at some point down the road? Yeah, I think you'll see it come back at some point in time. But, you know, you've seen Penn State with Sandy Barber and James Franklin focus on having one power five non-conference game and two group of five or in the case of Idaho and FCS, Mm -hmm. if they could, they could that they could not really control them dropping the FCS. So at any rate, they're scheduled out with power five schools through 2026. So you're I don't think you'll see this game come back until at least then. And I think the problem, Bob, is that Pittsburgh's going to want a home and home. I don't know if that benefits Penn State because it, mostly Penn right. State fans, uh, you know, the, obviously Pitt had its fan base at Heinz Field, but for the most part, that even Penn State backed crowds at Heinz Field. Yeah. So uh, does it really benefit the Nittany Lions to go out there and play and give Pitt all that money that comes with the gate and everything else? I don't mm-hmm. know. And I think that's why James Franklin mentioned the neutral site, <laughs> because you can write into those contracts, yeah. Bob, that, you know, the one team gets a certain percentage of this, one team gets a certain percentage of that, and you might be able to reflect Penn State getting more of the gate because right. they're going to bring more fans. So I think, you know, one thing he made very clear, I think he said it twice, was that it has to make sense for Penn State. It has to make sense for Pitt. Mm-hmm. It has to make sense for both of us. That's really what it's going to come down to moving forward. Yeah. So we're talking about Penn State and Pittsburgh here on the Penn State Blitz. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you got to check out the Penn State Blitz podcast. Yes. Greg's got a special message for you about yes. that. Like, rate, follow, subscribe on your favorite place to get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Stitcher. Google, wherever uh, it's available, rate, follow, like, subscribe, do it all. Um, remember that we put the picks and predictions together with this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, do you remember the URL, Bob? Uh, no chance. No and chance. YouTube.com slash all access. Uh, that's not right. PSU all access. We're going <laughs> to all, all Penn State. That's what it is. YouTube.com slash uh, you all set Penn yourself State. Up for a fall I there. did. I did. Uh, uh, you can get the blitz and the picks and prediction <laughs> video there as well. So we uh, we put it everywhere that Penn State fans like to find their news. OK, uh, getting back to the hundredth meeting Sunday. Penn State's a heavy favorite. But I think another question that needs to be asked is. <clears throat> From a competitive standpoint, mm-hmm. this game has not been that close no. since the first half of the first game in 2016. Penn State kind of owned the second half. They lost the game, mm-hmm. but they came from way back and almost won it late. Yeah. And the last two games have been fairly one-sided. So, you know, for the younger Penn State fans, is is this a game 
A, that they're excited about, and B, you know, has Pitt done enough? And if they lose again Saturday, right. have they done enough to warrant you know, consideration for a resumption of the series. I think it's more, I think it's not quite, is it fair to say they're in line with Temple at this point? You know, you'll play them once every four or five years, but you don't want to make them a consistent part of your schedule. The only thing Pitt does for your CFP resume uh, as well, assuming Penn State beats them, is you have the chance that Pat Narduzzi is going to pull a rabbit out of his hat and beat Clemson or beat another top 10 team on their schedule. Yeah. But other than that, the ACC is not respected nationally for the most part. It's seen as Clemson's tra- you know, train, and that's just about that. Um, you look at what Pitt, you, you're right, in the last few years, they just haven't necessarily yeah. been at the top of uh, the ACC. I mean, obviously, they played in the championship game last year. I'm still not sure how that happened. But in terms of national respect they haven't really earned a lot of that of late so i don't I'm much more interested in Penn State playing Virginia Tech, which they're going to do in a couple years. The Auburn series is going to be fascinating, I think. You know, Nevada, which maybe isn't the greatest team in the world, comes to Beaver Stadium next year. Um, you know, I'm interested in, in them branching out and trying to find some some new blood to play as opposed to what seems to be the same old story outside of 2016 with Pitt, where Penn State's just so far ahead of them from a recruiting and talent yeah. perspective. And the other thing, Bob, and I, you may disagree with this, but they're not going to it's not like beating Pitt guarantees them or doesn't guarantee them guys from the whip deal. they're going to yeah. get most of the guys out there anyway and the ones that always want to go to Pitt and stay close to home they're going to do that whether Penn State beats Pitt 51 to 6 or Penn State loses you know 52 46 you know James Franklin took some flack a couple years ago when he said in reality we value every game the same on mm-hmm. the schedule this is just another game on the schedule uh, they're all important. Uh-huh. Uh, that got blown out of proportion. But the way the way that Pittsburgh has played the last two years and the way this game kind of sets up, I think he's right. I mean, it's it, like any other non-conference yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, it was up to Pittsburgh to kind of show show the world that this this was going to be a good game and it was worthy of kind of continuing it. But right. it, it just hasn't been the case. They don't really play imaginative football. It's great that they beat Clemson in Miami, but they struggled against Virginia this week or excuse me, this season they lost yep. at home and they beat they beat Ohio 20 to 10. It's not really a sexy brand of football. Right. So I, you just have to wonder, you know, it may be quite a while. I don't know about a neutral site game. I really don't. I, I, where, the question is, yeah. define neutral site, because yeah. it's supposed to be between the two schools, but where are Pitt and Penn State going to yeah, play? Yeah, I mean, it, you, you would have to, you would think it would be in Pennsylvania, right. so if it's not in Pittsburgh, and it's it not in Central PA, it's got to be in Philadelphia. Right, it would have to be Lincoln Financial Field, which just doesn't, you know, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense either, so... Yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, obviously, yeah. I think there's a generation of Penn State fans that want to see this game continue. I think there's a younger generation or a different generation and some within the older generation that yeah. just don't care anymore. And yeah. it just doesn't have the, the firepower it wants to. Okay, let's uh, let's move along and get to some of the matchups that will decide this game. Before we get to the matchups, you know, who would have thought six months ago that the name John Patrician would have an yeah. impact on this game and we're not kidding about this john patrician uh was a penn state signee a safety i think pittsburgh central catholic that's right i think his his is a defensive back uh you know injuries i think an opportunity never really really kind of combined to compromise his penn state career yep uh late in his career he decided to transfer to Pitt. i think this summer Mm -hmm. so he's eligible i believe to play he's not expected 
to play Saturday, according right. to Pat Narduzzi. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have an impact on this game. Yeah, James Franklin went out of his way to make note of the fact that that move made them have to change their offensive, defensive signals. You know, one question I would have is, yeah, John Patricia knows the ins and out of them, but didn't, doesn't Penn State put a lot of signals on tape already? Yeah. They should probably be changing those frequently anyway. Now, of course, you have to drill down probably to the very base level in yeah. terms of um, – what you alter because he knows all the state secrets, right? I mean, he knows the the fake signs, the real signs, the the sign that says we're going to go on the second city, you know, all those things he knows. I mean, he was a guy who, while he didn't play a lot, he was a part of a lot of special or scout teams and special teams and had the opportunity to see what Penn State's first team offense did, but obviously knew what Penn State's first team defense did. So, yeah, that was a weird turn that I didn't see coming from the NCAA transfer portal, but it does make sense, and we'll see how Penn State reacts to it. Is there some kind of psychology at work here with James Franklin announcing this and the fact that Could we be. changed our signals. It kind of, is there like a perception now that he's trying to create that, hey, Pitt's going to use every advantage he can get to try and stay with us? Yeah. And what happens if they change the signals, but Patricia doesn't play, and then Penn State waxes them again? It's just, I just think it's not a great look for Pittsburgh, and I think Franklin yeah. knows that. And I think doesn't hurt. he went out of his way to bring this up just to kind of let everyone know that uh, – you know, the, the 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 Panthers might be a little bit desperate for for an edge. I could see that. I mean, it was unsolicited. I mean, yep. it was during. He does his, everything for a reason. This he guy. does. He does. James Franklin certainly does. Like we've talked about before, Bob, his message is always for somebody. And it's not always the yep. media folks on the phone line or in the room. Yeah. OK. A couple of matchups to watch. What are you looking for? Maybe one or two things you're looking for. And I will respond in kind then. later. Yeah. So we're recording this middle of the week. Penn State had its conference calls uh, with players Wednesday yep. morning. Jahan Dotson was asked about dealing with depressed man that Pittsburgh likes to play, and he was pretty clear about the fact that this is going to be a challenge because it's the first time they've seen it this year. Bob, I know James Franklin um, mentioned it as a big factor. I know we talked about it earlier in the week, but the more I think about it, it's not only going to probably decide the game, but it's probably going to tell you a lot about what Penn State's receivers are capable of moving forward separation has not always been an easy thing for these receivers to figure out uh, during the James Franklin era, whether it was John Donovan, Ricky, uh, Joe Moorhead or Ricky Ronnie, whether it was Josh Gaddis, David Corley, or now Jared Parker guys get making themselves get open has been a challenge at times. They're going to have to do that this weekend. Yeah. A couple of things. I think it's going to be in play on the outside, especially I think Penn state would dare, dare Pittsburgh to try and press KJ Hamler in the slot. Mm-hmm. You Ohio State plays an aggressive kind of defense in the secondary. You saw what happened last year yeah. when he was healthy in that game, a 93-yard catch and run. He made a couple of big plays in last year's game, including it was a jet sweep he scored upon. Yep. He's also he's he's a guy that you have you have to account for in every phase. I think Penn State's going to get him involved in the slot, and I think that's a guy to watch. The other thing is, I just don't know anymore uh, as we continue to see Pat Fryermuth develop how you cover him because he can run. Yeah. He's 6'6", 260. He can block. Who do you put on him? Do you put right. a little? I mean, do you put a guy that can run with him? Uh, he's going to be too big for him. If you put a wide body on this guy, I, I don't think that's going to work either. I think he is by far the one, maybe the one piece on the board that is is going to be the toughest for Pittsburgh to kind of account for. Yep. He didn't play in the opener very much because he got I th- he took that shot. They right. didn't really need him. But when Penn State needed him against Buffalo, he was a dominant player. That catch and run TV. Uh, TD on fourth and two is one of the huge plays in the game. I think he is definitely a guy to watch. To me, 
the only chance that Pittsburgh has, and they do have a chance, it's a slim one, is if if Maurice French gets involved in this game. Yep. He is he is by far their most dangerous player. I mean, if he didn't go off last week against Ohio, I mean, Pittsburgh would have been life or death to beat them at right. home. He had about 140 yards and a long mm-hmm. touchdown. So he's an impact player as a kick returner. He had two touchdowns last year, 91 and 99 yards. I don't he, think he's going to get those he's, chances this he's year. He's their best receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, Penn State took him out of the game. He maybe was not as prominent last year in the offense. Two returns for 22 yards. Now they add Jordan Stout on a warm day. Who they, There's no return yards on record for opposing teams. They, there are no be. no yeah. one has returned a kick yet against Penn State because of this guy. I think it's 21 touchbacks and 22 attempts. I mean, they match up so well with Pittsburgh in special teams because of Stout. And I think if Blake Gillikin is smart and either directional kicks or just kicks it high enough that he can't do anything. I mean, I think that's a big part of what uh, the Panthers are going to need to rely on for an upset. I think Penn State matches up really well in this game. If French doesn't get going, I don't see how Penn St- or Pittsburgh excuse me, is going to be able to say with Penn State. I'm a little interested to see what Pitt tries to do in the running game. I think Penn State knows what Kenny Pickett is and how they can shut that down. But, Bob, there were times when Buffalo, Buffalo's offensive line were driving Penn State's defensive line yeah. three and four yards downfield. We've said now, I know it's not Matt Canada anymore, but the shovel passes and the twists and turns at the line of scrimmage, and that's that's messed up a Penn State defense before. Now, granted, the last three years, it hasn't been as bad as the first year. But um, I also don't I don't think this pit offense is that good, but I do think they have some tricks up their sleeve yeah. for this game. It'd sure. be hard, I'd be hard-pressed to think Pat Narduzzi and Mark Whipple didn't spend some time this offseason looking up some creative things and waves to beat Penn State so they're gonna have to be better against the run but I agree with you and we'll talk about it later in picks and predictions this one uh Pitt has a chance but it's certainly not a great one yeah they did run for 213 yards in the first half last year in the rain but they only had a touchdown and a missed extra point to show for it right they squandered a lot of opportunities to turn the ball over once Penn State kind of found their way and made some adjustments the second half was just ugly I mean there's a chance that could happen again Pittsburgh's got whatever happens Pittsburgh better get off to a quick start that's re- why they won the first game yep and 2016 they got up big they're not a team that's built to play from behind at all you saw it the last two years they've never they've never been ahead in the last two games in the series something to watch for the first quarter that can't start slow um another huge component though greg of this game involves recruiting uh, Pitt and penn state a lot of times probably come after a lot of the same players. I don't think that Pitt's track record is very successful when they're going head to head with Penn state and James right. Franklin. Um, James was asked about recruiting on Tuesday. He doesn't really kind of, he doesn't really think that maybe the outcome of these games really has a big impact on recruits, especially no. in the Western part of the state or in Pennsylvania in general. Uh, do you kind of see it that way? As Absolutely. Well? I, we've talked about it before. One game does not make or break uh, commitment for a school like Penn State or Ohio State or even Pittsburgh nine times out of ten. Uh, if you lose to Pittsburgh but you still win 11 games, kids are going to come play yeah. for you no matter where they live. If you beat Pittsburgh but lose to Ohio State and you still win them 10 or 11 games, uh, you're going to get better recruits that want to come play for you to envision themselves being the missing piece to a national championship run potentially. So, no, the outcome of individual games does not generally change a kid's mind, but uh, you have to win enough of those games to show what the future holds or can hold. So to me, that's the bigger deal is finding a way to 
not just win games like this that Penn State should win by two touchdowns, but also finding a way to win on the road against the Iowa's and Michigan States and Ohio States of the world. Yeah, and Pitt's going to start a couple guys in the secondary. Uh, DeMar Hamlin yep. and Paris Ford. Mm-hmm. They're both safeties. Yep. Penn State was after both those guys. They went to Pitt. I think right. they were four-star kids. Uh, as, as we talk right now, are Penn State and Pitt – after any of the same kids either uh, to fill out this class or maybe in the future? In other words, is there a little bit of, uh, you know, indecision by maybe some really good recruits, whether whether it comes not to Peter really, Penn State? Not really. You know, there's a couple kids out in the Whippeal right now. Deion Hayes comes to mind. He might be in the city yeah. league. I can't remember. But you know, there's a couple kids out in the western part of the state. But for the most part, we, like you said a couple, uh, couple minutes ago, Bob, Penn State, is fairly uh, right. dominant when it comes to recruiting heads up against Pitt. So if it wants a kid out there, it's probably going to go get him. And again, if the kid always wanted to go to Pitt, always wanted to stay close to home, or always wanted to go West Virginia, be a little bit closer to home, whatever. Um, Penn State's not going to change that kid's mind in most cases yeah. by beating Pitt. So yeah. it's a wash. Um, okay. Well, we're about three quarters of the way through this little uh, part of the show. So let's get to it. Mailbag. Do you have anything you can possibly try and stump me with or anything mm. maybe you can surprise me with? Uh, I don't know about stump or surprise, but let's start with this. Um, if Penn State is going to cover the spread, it has to do fill in the blank. And if Penn State is going to win by less than a touchdown, what is Pitt going to do that keeps the game close? Yeah, so I've, I I kind of hinted at the I didn't hint at it I said it earlier. It's Maurice French. If he, if he doesn't have a big game, it's it's just not gonna. I mean, if they, if Penn State contains him, I I think it could get. As you've seen with this Penn State team, Greg, they can they can look a little against Buffalo. It can be like the th- the first thirty minutes. It's mm-hmm. like what's going on here? We're down by right. three. So they're they're maybe not that great yet. They haven't really established the running game. They, they probably are not had their four four minute offense figured out. They got to get better on third down. Mm-hmm. But what they can do in a fifteen minute span with their athletes is be explosive. And if they go on a three touchdown run, which is possible mm-hmm. considering the speed they have on defense in the kicking game with the return guys, yep. with those receivers, with Frymuth, with Clifford, who had a fifty yard run, if they can put together two or three possessions. They could literally just turn the game, and there's, and there's just no catching up. Right. So that's, I think, one thing to watch for. And, and I don't know that Pittsburgh can do that other than French. As far as how Penn State can lose this game, um, another thing to watch for, I would say, is probably turnovers, and if they don't get better on third down. Right. Just, just like Buffalo did P- – Pitt wants to shorten this game. They want to keep the ball for 35 minutes. They want to be, they tried to do that two years ago. The game was 33 14, but Penn State started fast 14 nothing. But the second and third quarters, Pitt had the ball for like, you know, 80% of the time. Yep. Barkley got loose on the passing game on that touchdown in the third quarter, and that was kind of it. Pitt doesn't have any margin for error. That's the biggest thing I see when I look at this game. Penn State can overcome uh, maybe a disappointing 30 minutes, Pittsburgh can't. All right, here's one that could stump or surprise you. There's a lot of concern about <laughs> there's a lot of concern about traffic ahead of Saturday's Penn State Pitt game, the noon start, the new entry Ooh, pattern, yeah. etc. So, if you were a Penn State fan coming to this game and you were looking for recommendations about maybe you're just giving up and the traffic's so bad you want to go to a bar to watch the game, somewhere between Harrisburg and State College, what are you recommending? That's a pretty big gap right there. All right. Let's say if you're going. You're the one who went to Penn State, first of all. So are you you saying like, don't you think the bars might be a little too crazy? 
for for the well, game. It depends which way you're coming in, but a little stop in the boomerangs maybe not a bad <laughs> idea. Um, now, all right, now tell everyone where boomerangs is. Now this involves uh, a little nugget about the back way up to Penn State from right. Harrisburg, and we know Dave Jones is going to get really upset if he listens to this. Yeah, he'll get but over we'll, it. Boomerangs is on 45. Yes, right after, not long after you take. A couple of roads, you make a left from 104 yep. onto 45. That's only part of the secret of the back way. You're not on 45. I think it's west yes. or north. Very long. And, and boomerang boomerangs is a big bar that just emerges <laughs> out of like, nowhere. Like on the a giant water tank out of the <laughs> desert. Yeah. It's always calling our names. Yes. As we're, we know we have a work day. We want to stop in so desperately just to see what all the fuss is about. Because it's always packed. It is always It doesn't packed. really matter what time of day. That would probably be a spot. And hopefully somebody out there, someone in the comments section, either have to let listening us know. to this or watching this, yes. could tell us, give us like a little update about boomerangs. Maybe we'll get Dustin Hawkinsmith out there to rank it, to, yeah. to rank the drinks and the concessions, much like he did at Beaver Stadium. But you tried to stump me, you really didn't. But you should be the guy that talks about the bars in State College, not me. Yeah, well, if we if people can't get to State College, that'll be the problem. Yeah, so check right. the comment section. Maybe you'll get some tips from other Penn State fans. All right, last one before we get out of here. Bob, remember that picks and predictions. If you're listening on the podcast, it's right after the break. If you're listening on the video, you can load that new one up. YouTube.com slash all Penn state. That was good. That was good. I nailed it that time. Rate rate and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're listening. Um, Last question. Uh, You look at this game from, uh, you know what we've looked at two games so far. We're going to see a third non-conference game this weekend. What is the biggest concern for you about Penn State after the first two weeks? I think you go a number of ways here, whether it's the run defense, whether it's the inconsistency of the rushing attack, the third down. Where are you? What's your biggest concern at this point? I think the third downs are going to sort themselves out. Um, They're a team and Franklin talked about it. But they like to take shots on first and second down. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you take shots and you don't get them, you put yourself in third and long, and that they're really kind of working against themselves when right. they do that. But when it works, they're lethal on first down. Yeah. So I think you have to live with maybe a little bit of a a poor third down uh, conversion rate if you're going to get more big plays on first and second down. That's number one. Uh, to me, it's it's really the running game. To me. Uh, I, th- I really think that Journey Brown right now looks to me like he's the best back. If you look at the stats, yeah. I think he's the most consistent runner right now. For whatever reason, Ricky Slade has not gotten going. I think he's averaging two yards or less uh, per carry. Um, yeah, I, what I, is it, 11 carries yeah. and three fumbles? It's, is that some, right? it's, it's whatever it is. 12 it's carries, three it's fumbles. nothing to write home about, as right. they say. So I think you'll see them continue to look at all of these guys, but I think – now that we're getting to the more media part of the schedule, the leash and all these guys is going to be a little bit shorter. And I think by midway through the second quarter, they're going to settle on the guy they think that's working the best. I also think the offensive line uh, could play a little bit better. I want to see. I think Rasheed Walker still uh, kind of figuring some things out. Um they went with Mike Miranda at right guard uh, in week two after yep. CJ started week one. So I think I think the the maybe the uncertainty there is is, is really kind of hurt maybe the improvement of the offensive line. I still think though the, I wouldn't read a lot into the first two games. I think Buffalo was probably a little bit better uh, than than we realized, and that quarterback made some good throws. I think that's a team that's going to do some damage in the MAC with that offensive line. That quarterback looks like he's good. I think they're a team that's going to win. Uh, a lot of games this year. So I think that Penn State and we're still you know they they scored 
like 400 points in the first right. two games. It's really, really, I feel like we might be it's nitpicking, nitpicking yeah. a little bit. Yep. Now, after if it's if it's more of the same and it's it's, you know, it's 17 to 10. You know, entering the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh, then I think the fan base probably has a right to be more than a little uh, steamed. All right. Picks and predictions after the break or uh, a new video at YouTube.com slash all Penn State. There you go. Okay, we're back. Time for Penn State's prediction for the Pittsburgh game. Greg Pickle, Bob Flounders. First, let's throw some numbers out. Penn State, it opened at 17, Greg. It's at 17 and a half. And what is it, 53? That's right. Yes. 53 total. is the total as we talk about this. How did we do last week? First of all, great pick on Ohio against. Oh, that's right. That wasn't that great. No, it was you not. blew another one. No. But I had Maryland, I believe. I, hey, Syracuse. if you throw enough stuff on the wall, some of it's got to stick. Hey, that's true. Uh, do you want to pick Penn State Pittsburgh first? Or do you want to give us another uh, wild card pick? Yeah, I love Air Force getting four at Colorado. So there you go. And Temple getting if Temple is Temple catches seven against Maryland, that'll be a good play too. So was the reasoning with Air Force that Colorado is going to be a little flat after beating my Nebraska Cornhuskers? That has part has something to do with it. Yeah, and I think. I I, I think that Air Force is a little bit better than I think they're being disrespected by the odds makers. So no one likes to be disrespected. If we've learned nothing else in this modern world, you can't disrespect <laughs> anyone. It's a bad thing. All right. 17 and a half. Quick review. Last year, 51 to six mm-hmm. Penn State. They won going away. Shut them out. 37 nothing in the second half. 33 14 in two years ago. Uh, Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, 33 14 at Beaver Stadium. First game. Was the best game so far uh, to date. A noon kick at Heinz Field. 42-39. The Lions were down 28-7. Came storming back. Uh, had a chance to win it at the end. Two receivers in the same part of the field. Trace McSorley gets intercepted. The Panthers survive. Is there going to be any surviving by any team today? Or do you think there's going to be a clear-cut winner? I wouldn't be surprised, Bob, if Penn State is... I don't think they'll be trailing Pittsburgh at the half like they did against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Would I be surprised if it was a three to seven point game at halftime? No, um, I'm a little hard pressed to think Penn. St- I need to see Penn State come flying out of the gate in the first half before I think that they'll be able to do it against a quality right. opponent, which is not Idaho. Um, so I look at it like this. You know, we talked a little bit earlier in the week about Maurice or uh, fr- the French kid from Pittsburgh. Yeah, French. Yeah, Maurice yeah, French. Yep. And uh I think we'll need to see with Penn two Fs, State's with, with two, two Fs. Fs. Yes. If anyone's wondering if they're looking at anything in the in the, in online or in yeah. the paper, we're not really bad spellers. It's F capital F small F yes. R E N C H. Nice. You did Sorry. Right. Okay. Perfect. Um, I, I want to see Penn State's run defense right. come up to be up to snuff, and I want to see the offensive line be able to deal with. Um, some of these pit defensive linemen, it can push them around a little bit or at least have the chance to. Yep. So I have it Penn State 38, pit 17. So I think the Panthers are going to put some points on the board. I think Penn State's going to approach 40, but not quite get there. Um, this, there's no good reason for Penn State to not win this game comfortably. But if the Buffalo game taught us anything, just because the win ultimately looks comfortable, it doesn't mean it'll be easy. But Pitt is pedestrian on offense. I think the defense... A Pat Narduzzi defense tends to always come to play uh, more games than not. So I don't think it'll be necessarily like a knife through butter for Penn State's offense. But, Bob, the talent gap's just evident, I think. So a cover and an over for me. Okay. 
Uh, let's see. When I think about this game, I think about one thing. Penn State always scores a weird number at the end. So they scored 39 in the first game, 33 in the second game. And last year they scored 51. I don't, it's really hard to get to all those numbers, but I think it's going to be a weird Final number mm-hmm. for Penn State. Um, I'm not really sure how good Pittsburgh is. I think I think the first game uh, when they lost to Virginia was a little bit more revealing than the second game <clears throat> when they won 20 to 10. Kenny Pickett threw for 321 yards, a career high. Maurice French with two Fs uh, got loose on a long touchdown, but they never really separated themselves from right. an Ohio team that's just. Not, it's, it's just not that good. Um, I'm not sure how much damage Pickett can do against this Penn State defense. Yes, they struggled at times against Buffalo in the run game, but they got better as the game went on. Their depth, I think, actually helped them in the second half. I don't even know if Pittsburgh's offensive line is as good as Buffalo's. I think Penn State's a little bit more uh, amped up to play this game. They do have quite a few players from the western part of the state. Um, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you as you do. I think Narduzzi's going to limit them in the run game, but I do think just like two years ago, Jasicki scored two touchdowns right off the bat to get them in control. I just don't know how they account for Pat Fryermuth. I was going to pick a shutout, but I'm not. 26-3 Penn State. I think their defense is going to play a lot better. I think Cam Brown and Micah Parsons are capable of playing a little bit better. Uh, I really like Penn State's secondary and their speed. I think that if Pittsburgh does not score in the first 15 minutes or they can't get something going in the first 15 minutes, I think it's only going to get worse for them in the second half. I think Penn State wants to send Pittsburgh and Pat Narduzzi back to Western PA with just a sour feeling in their mouths and an end to the hundredth meeting of this series and give the Penn state fan base no reason to want this series to continue. I think it's going to be an emphatic effort. And I think the defense is going to carry the day 26 to three Penn state. I said it. All right, there you go. And you, I have 38, 17. So unless you want to wrap up with all the things we have to remember, I'll take care of it. It's all you. It's all you. YouTube.com slash all Penn state. That's where you can find all our videos with Bob and Dave and I after the game, before the game every week. If you're listening to the podcast rate, like subscribe anywhere you find podcast, we will be back next week.